Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Got a great episode today. We have obviously grown. Real Triathlon Squad is turning into a machine and we need a lot of really cool people to help operate this machine. So Nicole Falcaro, is that how you say your last name? It is actually correct, the correct way to pronounce it, although I will say Falcaro, <laughs> but it's oh. supposed to be Falcaro. I'm saying Falcaro just because it's like, oh, Falcaro it's... crime syndicate. <laughs> it's also like the, it's, it's Italian, so it is, yep. you are correct. So you have decided to agree to come on board next year. What, uh, what in earth are you thinking? <laughs> um... Oh man. So I've been like a long time admirer of real tri squad. Really. Uh, I'm not just saying that. Um, but I always thought like, uh, that it was, you know, all these like full-time, uh, pros who don't work. So how do I actually, I don't fit that mold, right? I work full-time. I'm also a pro triathlete, but it's not my, it's, it is honestly, it's my main focus of is triathlon, but i also work full-time in a corporate job at Citibank to pay my bills. Um, and so when I got the invite, I was like, oh my God, it's like, I never, I should have like put myself out there a little bit more, but it also kind of feels all the more legitimate that I was invited versus me approaching you and the team. So I agree. I think our team, as it's kind of evolved, we, we're not just obviously looking for purely performance. We want like a whole package. So performance plus someone who's going to jive with the rest of us, someone who's obviously going to do representing the sport. Well, I mean, you live for the sport. It's clear based on your lifestyle, your photo shoots with various sponsors you have. It's awesome. That's really what kind of caught a lot of our attention is Nicole doesn't pull out any stops or she pulls out all the stops when it comes to like, you know, authentically representing a company you like. So we appreciate that, obviously. And it's not just about, you know, showing up with those crazy Lionel Sanders moments where you're just like the grittiest bastard and whatever. Like, I think we need, we need to not take ourselves that serious and we can still be good and still represent it. And I think you've, you've really nailed that really well. That's not, you just sparked an idea that I've, or a theory that I have that I didn't quite recognize, but um, it's because I have, I have a luxury of choosing the sponsors that I want the most, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not, um, you know, like scraping by and, and doing this. I'm, I do have the luxury and that's, um, I have the luxury of picking the sponsors that I actually really like and working with brands that I only am completely in love with. Um, and I think that does show through in the authenticity of my, my socials and, um, and what I represent, um, on that, on that note, um, one thing I've, you know, of course it's crossed my mind. What would it be like if I did like go all in on triathlon and like quit my job and use my savings? And I think that I would be a worse athlete because I do stress about money and I, Ha not having to have that in the back of my mind of, oh, if I don't place high enough, I'm not going to get the, 
the bonus or get the right, the paycheck that I want. And I'm going to be in the red and like all of that. Um, I'm sure it stresses out most people, but uh, me particularly given my upbringing, like I just, I don't have a safety net. And so that having, not having to worry about that actually allows me to be a better athlete and perform better. I think that's a great point. And if you look at our sport in general, um, this is, you know, our story because I'm cut from the same cloth as you trying to find new ways to innovate and make cash while still pursuing this career. It's always been like, it seems like those one percenters who do end up getting those huge bike contracts with a large, large salary. It's almost like they eventually do become a little nullified in terms of creativity and funness i mean sure they're getting paid really well but i just have noticed specifically everyone who's ever been like un- intangible in terms of you know world champion level they're just not that fun and it's like where does the fun go like does it become so stressful to fulfill all of your obligations um certainly not, even at that level they're not getting compensated like an nfl player or nba player so it's like I guess at a certain point, it's like, why work so hard and take it so seriously when you're not getting a million dollar contract from Nike or something? It's like, I, I think that your approach, even, you know, Sky Mantra a long time ago, working in, in as an accountant, myself trying to, I just diversify and find new ways to work within the sport outside of just results. But some athletes are working for other sponsors. And I think that the pro economics are pretty in, interesting. And you know, you working at Citibank, you know, we're just really hoping you'll just be able to send all that sponsorship corporate money our way now. That's what the main reason why I brought you on. <laughs> Cats out the back. Yeah. Um, we might have to lose a leg or something. Um, they're they're really big into sponsoring the Paralympics, which I think is Good. amazing. Um, and they they definitely advertise that. They they do. Um, but um, I hope that's not insensitive. Um <laughs> No, I don't think um, so. It's it's supports uh, a, an yeah. area of sport that needs a lot more investment. For sure. Um, yeah, that's a good point. It it helps having like not having the burden of having like a mega sponsor or even or in the opposite way, having the burden of a sponsor I don't really like is um keeps everything fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's um and it, it makes me like remind me at myself every day that I'm doing it for me at the end of the day for and now doing it for the real tri squad so yeah and now you're going to be helping us along and grow and whatever so we'll get we'll get a little bit more into the sports aspect of it because I want to know personally more about this too so you don't have to go really really deep or you know some significant stories or some things that kind of tipped you off that you really love this sport as much as you do you know how does that domino effect start and went like to where you are now like how did you get here okay I started my first sport ever was little league uh skip ahead to when I was eight my first endurance sport was swimming which a lot of people don't believe me because swimming is my worst sport in triathlon they ask if I'm an adult onset swimmer and I'm like no actually I started when I was eight (laughs) and I I could I could swim when I was eight I don't know if I was doing anything with it I know like I I wasn't just in like the the kickboard club either I was like you know swimming of 25 um when I was eight so and then I did I started I played tennis and softball uh in middle school and then I 
still played softball in my freshman year of high school. And then I eventually um, switched over to full-time running, started Mm -hmm. running cross country my freshman year of high school and um, still swam in high school my first two years. And then I stopped doing that so that I could just run base miles in the winter. Um, And this was in Pennsylvania where I grew up in Dingman's Ferry, which is in the Northeast corner right by New York and New Jersey, very rural town. Um, Mm. And um, yeah, so then how did I get into triathlon? So I I ran during college, I went to Bucknell and I did the whole three season athlete, cross country, indoor track and outdoor track and loved it, kept doing it after college. What what do you love? What did you love uh, about that that aspect of sport? Because it sounds like kind of boring. Um, well, I think cross country keeps it fun, which is my favorite sport. Like put me on the most gnarly course, um, the muddier, the better, um, bad conditions does not translate to the bike. I am not a great mountain biker though, (laughs) (laughs) but I try. Um, so most triathletes aren't very good mountain bikers. I still get (laughs) just destroyed by the downhill guys. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't pick that up until I moved to New England. So um, to fill in some blanks here, I was after college, I moved to New York City. And that's where I started triathlon, which is in a very unlikely place to pick up cycling. I've Um, coached some athletes from New York and they make it work. Like they'll go ride in New Jersey. They're a part of Chelsea's peers like the or Chelsea peers. They always find a way. And this is actually a pretty big community there somehow. So the funny part of that, and that's so true, is that because there are so few pools in Manhattan to swim in, you end up meeting all the triathletes. And like you can spot a triathlete on a pool deck, no problem. So terrible um, stroke, usually a snorkel, fins and paddle all at once. <laughs> something like that. All the toys, maybe wearing a watch, like probably yeah. a, a, a floaty flotation device, just in case. Never know. Floaty shorts. yeah the floaty shirts are a dead giveaway for every triathlete (laughs) um and uh yeah so I was still running then and then it wasn't until it was 2013 I did my first try which I had always been interested um it wasn't until I wasn't super injured but my physical therapist lent me her bike and I at that point I had no excuses anymore and I started working working with a coach, uh, Jonathan Kane from city coach for whom I babysat and I, everything was kind of lined up for me and not that it was like fell on my lap. I still had to work hard, still had to learn how what, to like, were you working in or interning during this period? Oh, I was working at, um, at a startup in New York. Okay. This was like a little bit, few years before Citibank. Still and, working, still grinding it out. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so, um, had to learn that you had to pedal down the hills. Like you couldn't just coast and a lot of fundamentals like that. So, and to be totally honest, what I had the bike, I had the coach, what finally led me to do that was I just wasn't being, I was still PRing and running and I, but I, every PR, I was like, just not satisfied. Like everything because you're the- like a tra- regular triathlete, it's the same thing. No one's ever goddamn happy about their win or whatever. <laughs> oh, it could have gone a little faster than can shoot. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and it was like my first like real breakup too that also did it <laughs> oh this so the one you've like, been posting about like you just like not many people that i follow are like throw back my ex-boyfriend or girlfriend but you do and you're definitely making it public that you're not happy about it <laughs> um yeah i wonder if you'll ever listen but um yeah and i was like oh I'm, i was like i'm just gonna do something like totally selfish and what's more selfish than starting triathlon <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably that or like um free solo climbing there you go <laughs> yeah so yeah that's how i started so you were competitive obviously enough to be like i got i got this bitch i'm gonna beat you at the next race show up um i got you i got new air wheels i got new helmet next time i got a coach um so when did the whole hey professional level racing what is this for me how um, I qualified in 2017, um, because I had won the age group of every, like overall non amateur race of, I think every race I did that year. So it was like New York city try. We still had the Philly escape from Alcatraz. Um, so this is going back in the days where there was like a lot more Olympic distance mm -hmm. races that had a pro field. Yes. Um, and, um, I think that's it. And then, and then I also did do my first 70.3, but 69 point whatever, because the sum was canceled in Austin also no longer around. I was, I was probably there that race. Oh, really? It, it, the, the race was delayed for many hours because of fog. It was cold. And yes. then they were like, all right, pro athletes, um, you're already ranked one through whatever because we decided to seed you that way based off of nothing. So you're just going to go off in that order. And if you're Jesse Thomas, you get to go first and then you all ride together and leave everyone behind and draft. So that's kind of how that race went out for me. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> yes. The time trial start. Um, that's so funny. We were both there. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So then I, I qualified and I was like, Oh, awesome like that was it was sort of on my radar but um I was like yeah okay I'm gonna take it like and at that point I was listening to um or reading a reading Kelly O'Mara's blog and she's very outspoken about like if you qualify for your pro card you should take it and I was like yeah I'm gonna take it and um and also I was like why wouldn't I want to compare myself to the best like yeah. this is like great yeah, cl I'm a clean start so. every race is all the start is a little more clean you know who you're racing the whole time yeah and and again it's just that comparison of like how do I actually stack up right yeah. like and yeah and like you said like the clean race like not being around age group men where you're just trying to stay legal the entire bike ride um great support system in that but it's like yeah you're, <laughs> the whole time you're just like trying to stay legal versus actually like how many yeah. watts can i put out you're like how did you ride 208 nicole you're with <laughs> a, lot, a lot of men finished 28 around you how'd you do that <laughs> having I'm just touched, kidding. haven't gotten near that since no <laughs> no i'm just kidding I'm just hypothetically saying that's what it takes for a lot of women to do really well and make a name for themselves is by sneaking in the old packs, um, which I think if you're willing to take a step into the pro field, 
you know that that's going to be very scrutinized and you're not going to do it. So, um, yeah. So what was your first pro race and what was your biggest mistake? <laughs> my first pro race was selecting Oceanside as my first pro race. <laughs> I did that too. I, that was one of my very first against like Jan Frino, uh, PJ, yes. like all the, all of, all the bros were there. Yeah. Um, yes. I remember sitting in the pro briefing with Jan Ferdino and I actually thought that was going to be like every race I was going to be like around Jan and Lionel and like all these huge names and <laughs> that was very very let down after that <laughs> yeah and you're like who are I don't even know these people don't know who I am I don't know who they are <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think I actually remember I, I almost positive I finished 14th in that race out of like 20 women pros which is not bad that's great for your like, first pro race yeah, I was like, hey, I'm mid-pack. I am I'm elated with that. Um, so what was my biggest mistake? Of course, picking that race. And um it was it was tough to really push the bike for that long. And um I had only done um two one or two actual full 70.3s by that point. So it was still a very new distance to me. Um, but looking back, like, I mean, I, I ran pretty well off the bike and, um, I, I went out a little hard, but nothing really disastrous. Yeah. I mean, you sounds like you had a pretty balanced day based on where you were competitively. You didn't yeah. like shit the bed on anything. You were just like, Hey, I'm just here. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like Austin where I went out. I think I did a six Oh five, my first mile. And by I think I averaged like 6:45 and but I had an ep I call it an episode um so again this awesome my first 70.3 or 69 point whatever and it was like mile 8 or something and I had a the worst cramp or charlie horse whatever in my hamstring and I'd never experienced that before in my life and to the point where I started walking and then I ended up like face down on the side of the road and yes. some and some woman came and was like I'm gonna I'm just gonna kneel on your hamstrings just and she like kneeled on my hamstrings threw me a salt tablet and she was like just just keep moving and like I had never saw her again I think maybe it was just in my imagination or she's an angel that came down but oh that's awesome she's like I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna put duct tape on this don't worry it's the best thing for it and here's some Robitussin <laughs> <laughs> and then she sprayed me with Febreze after. She's like, <laughs> you need here's deaths. some here's some bubble blasts. You need some of that. Save your race. I remember you remember some at one point during I think it was three or four years ago when everyone was like, Oh, that base salt saved my race. It oh base salt, this. And I'm like, it's it's pink, it's pink Himalayan salt. There is no such thing <laughs> as base salt. Yeah, freaks. Oh. So you had a guardian angel. Anyways, that's a, that's pretty awesome. And sad that that race is gone, even though it was a total lie. It was not, it shouldn't have been called Austin at all. Mm, yeah, it was nowhere near the actual downtown. And I think, oh, I think it was that race. I, I think I also had heard about like salt tablets and I had bought some, of course, at the expo, never having used them. And it came in like a, they were, it looked like, like a, a classic prop pill with like a plastic casing and I taped it I thought it was so clever I taped it to the back of my bib number and 
Clever. But then I was Christian. pouring water on myself. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the same race. I might be combining another race. And I was pouring water on myself and it melted away my salt towel. <laughs> you should have put it, you should have taped it to your, right below your eyelids. So when you cry, it melts down into your mouth. <laughs> that would have been clever. I do. I always used to say I should grow a mustache out and then put a bunch of like goo in there. And then as it's or just lick your, lick your beard and, or lick your beard, you'll get some goo. Women should or try like, it. Or maybe I could do the same thing and freeze like a, like a mustache, like and freeze goo into it and then put it on, slap, slap it on right before a race. That could do it. <laughs> um, so fast forward today. Um, you're well, actually, let's not come quite to today let's go maybe talk about 2022 because i noticed also during this this year you traveled in europe a ton in the racing i did that like within the first couple of years of my pro career i spent tons of time in austria iceland and germany training loving it and i'm like i can't believe america is so dumb on so many things that the mm -hmm. you know europe has figured out but then i come home and i'm like europe is also dumb why can't why am i at this red light and I can't take a right on red. That's that annoyed me so much every time I was in, in Europe. So anyways, what was your motivation to getting out of the U S and what did you learn? Oh, um, it was obviously after two years of very limited travel, I was definitely having the itch to see some new countries. And after I had gone my first or I think it was my first year pro. I traveled to Ireland for a race and it was Cork? a, I'm sorry. Is that Cork? Uh, no, it was actually Dunleary, which is just outside Dublin. Oh. And doesn't, ex I don't think the race is, exists anymore. Um, and I was like, it was like a five hour flight because I'm all the way on the East coast and it was just so easy. And, um, so I had remembered that and I raced in Marbella, Spain in 2019. And that, that was the first race of the year. So that my first race of the year is always like, that's also day. a tough race. Always stacked European field. I learned how poorly I, I thought I could hold my own in descending and it didn't want to be like your typical American triathlete. I looked like an American triathlete to that race descending. Nice. Um, <laughs> and I think Laura Phillip like dominated that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. So this year I was like, I saw that there were two races. I also had been really wanting to do some challenge races. Um, I always heard how well they treat the pros and um, when, by the time you consider, um, like, uh, the costs that you, that it so costs pros to race Ironman, it's 275 a pop, um, or there's the unlimited quote unquote subscription level, what I call it for an annual Ironman subscription, which is now 1250 or 1350, yeah. 1250, 12, 12 something. Yeah. Um, I was like, why, why? go stay domestic and spend like the same amount on airfare when I could see a totally new country. So, um, that plus doing a challenge race. So I ended up doing, uh, Austria, St. Poulton in mm -hmm. May. Followed by two, yeah. Followed by 
two weeks later, I raced in uh, Gerardsburg in, in Belgium. And the courses are so unique. Um, in general, I think they're just very unique in Europe. They close the roads, mm-hmm. um, which like, I actually, I'm like, I asked in the meeting if they like, if they close the roads, because there was like, um, I also raced in Poland. I mean, God, sorry, Portugal in October. And they said that they were going to do a counter flow. And I was like, I'm sorry, are you closing the roads? And they said, yes. And that I still thought they were only closing one direction, but giving no, us they all shut everything down. Yeah. And I was like, this is amazing. So like, they care about safety. Um, I think it's just, I think permits are very different in Europe. So you just end up having like fully shut down roads. They don't have to like pay the police under the table to like do their job like they do in the US. Oh it's, my gosh. It, there's enough you've heard. I'm not like poo-pooing on the on the police. It's like a it's a thing. Um no, I've raced some bike courses under Iron Man's name that I have been like within inches of like 18 wheelers going 60 right off my left shoulder. Like there's mm. some serious sketchy races because they don't consider closing up roads at all. Yeah, it's like they don't want to upset the local community. Yeah. But it well, seems like mm. in I don't want to speak for all of Europe, but it, the races I've done, the community is completely behind it. Or there's not that individualistic culture mm-hmm. where you feel like entitlement. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, why are you shutting down my roads? I need to be somewhere. Why do I have to go drive around it? Yeah. In Europe, it's like, oh, okay, the road's closed. I have to go around it because it's not all about me. <laughs> or like they do them in a part of town that they, it makes sense. And also the way Europe, European roads, a lot of them are designed. There's not just like one way to get in and out of town. There's usually a couple because there's like a center of town usually then farmland everywhere and there's like spokes and hubs everywhere like within our major roads and cities it's like there's like two or three main veins and if you cut off that one everyone's fucked and there's no mm. way to to do it and we just i think the way that towns are structured in europe and also of course the mentality of like it's not just my taxpayer dollars i need to bitch about yeah yeah there's there's it's a lot that would be quite hard to change it's it's definitely just a different mindset of mm-hmm. the f- people who live in the in the area um but yeah so so, so yeah. better racing in terms of safety uh challenge i've done a few i know my experience was awesome though just the staff everything's great it's like a better more friendlier ironman yeah and the the production level is just as high. Yeah. Like it's not like I mean it's it's everything you see at an Ironman with like the the benches at the finish and like the arches and the signage and there's and the party. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I so after Gerardsbergen, you finished and you're in the town square and there's just these ancient buildings around you, and then you go up to the, like the food tent and they're like. Oh, what kind of beer do you want? And you're expecting them to hand you a can or a bot or um poured in a plastic cup. No, it's in a beer glass. Yeah. You're in a public plaza. You just finished a race and you're walking around with a glass of beer. And it's <laughs> and they're cleaning glasses on the spot. Like they had like a washing station. Yeah. It Think was about just like how much waste <laughs> they are avoiding there. 
Yeah. So, so much less. Yeah, they totally care about the waste. They also just care about you having a better experience, like drinking beer out of a beer glass versus mm-hmm. like a plastic cup. And it's just, and they trust you that you're not going to just like drop it or whatever. Steal it. Yeah, yeah, or steal it. Yeah. <laughs> so Europe's cool. You race there a bunch. You might do more. We're not sure yet. We haven't talked race schedules on the team yet. However, we yeah. will. Um, and that's yeah. always fun. Next season looks like it's going to be a bit of a stirring mix up with PTO races coming in and paying everyone a lot of money just to have an opportunity to race for against better talent all the time. So maybe that'll be better for the rest of us who are trying to earn a dollar here and there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what do you really enjoy about this career choice that you will dual career choice? What do you love about it? Um, I feel like, they complement each other and you know um not all of my eggs are in one basket all the time like I I have an income a paycheck that I can expect and also growing my career at Citibank um and then I have like when things uh I always make it like a priority to like do my workout right like if I have to cancel a meeting I'll I'll cancel a meeting and like Girl. get my workout done and move move things like I'm I have you, enough on your boss <laughs> uh he's supportive that's another thing like um that's great my manager is very supportive I'm a full-time remote employee um as of 2020 and um yeah I guess I don't I don't have a great answer I feel like I'm flubbering around but i heard a lot of ums and a lot of i'm not sure and use some use some diversion tactics so i don't think you have this one answered either (laughs) i don't even know if you thought about it yet and that's okay um so let's let's skip um for how do i never even asked this and we'll do it right now how what what, how young are you (laughs) that's such a nice way to phrase it i'm 35 and a half almost yeah, that's Jackson never will do that service to me. He'll always be like, Nick, you're old as shit. So I I get the opposite <laughs> from from my friends. Um, so you still got a lot of life left in you in the sport. Women are really doing a lot of amazing things in terms of pushing their own records. So it's awesome to see that there's like not six women on a pro start list and 50 men. It's like now we're getting 15 mm-hmm. to 20 women. So I like that our pro women's field is starting to get de- more depth. And you're certainly, I think you don't realize it, but a lot of women in your you know current shoes, they have a big opportunity to help younger generation get a little bit more idea that women have a strong place in the sport and there's a good community. So that's why I think we wanted to make sure we had equal representation on our team and on the pro athlete side for that reason. So you've got to do the majority like of the legwork along with the other ladies to make sure we have stronger representation in our age group conglomerate. Mm. So hopefully we can get the demographics of that. Like what if we had 50% women under the RTS age group squad? That'd be unreal. Yeah, that'd be incredible. And I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where it starts other than obviously you have to be a good example and that helps and does wearing a pumpkin count as being a good example 
with a wetsuit. If it catches attention, I feel like I feel like everybody did the pumpkin head thing this year. And now you have like I did. Yeah, like there's like women, it's like become like even like sexified. Like you got like women women in bikinis wearing pumpkin head. And so I, I don't you feel like threw it's some, you threw some poses with a wetsuit on. So it's kind of the same. <laughs> yeah, look, you gotta go to Nicole's Nicole's Instagram handle is I had to look it up today for a sponsor package, but it was like, what is it? NMF something something. Zero zero five. NMF zero zero five. So not a very straightforward handle, but we're working with it. All right, we can talk about we can talk about what what else is available out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how? Yeah. So starts with being a good example. Um, also showing that you can have a full-time job and train, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week probably is also a good example. That's it. You're not doing 30 yet. What's up? Step it up. (laughs) I don't count my strength. So at at least 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) At at least 60 to 80 minutes per month. No, I'm totally joking. I have I I have a separate strength coach that I hire, Kevin Purvis, and I have um no, I am in the weight room at least twice a week for about 35 to 40 minutes. You gotta step up those numbers. Race chat is not <laughs> impressed. <laughs> um yeah, where's oh yeah. So setting a good example, showing yeah. that you can do obviously I don't have children, so that makes it a little different, but um, working a full-time job and doing all the training. My coach has me doing less than her full-time pros, but still pretty far up there. And anytime I have a chance with a, to do a training camp, I am all over it. Like I live for those training camps and the opportunity to like actually train like a full-time pro. Yeah. We'll have to get you out to St. George and have some fun. Yeah. Um, that was so, that was what I was going to say. Yeah, no, that was another thing about Europe. That was, it's honestly, it's so dangerous to know this now that if I do, when I do go over there, like, cause I, I mentioned I was there for three weeks in May and June, and then for one week in October. And during the three weeks I worked that middle week and cause I don't have unlimited vacation time. And I would get all my workouts done until about three o'clock local time, which is six o'clock here. Then I had, so I had all day long to get in my, usually my two workouts. And then once three o'clock hit, it's 9am here, log on. And I work until about 11 Europe time or five o'clock here. So it was so like, it worked out. oh my gosh, it worked out like a dream. And I'm like, and I told, like, I told my manager, I was going to be in Europe. And then there's a couple of people I was like, they don't need to know. And they had no idea except for it getting dark out at like. When yeah. it was like 11 a.m. their time, and I'm like, in the <laughs> like, wait a minute, here, what's this trickery? <laughs> what are those Alps behind you? Yeah, <laughs> what? It's, my, it's my VR backdrop. <laughs> All right, so we covered some sports stuff, kind of about your travels, what got you into it, a little background. background. Um, what is quickly something you really want to do next year? in terms of either performance or trying new food, uh, whatever. What do you want to do next year? It can be anything. I want to explore at least one new country. 
um, which Germany is at the top of my list. And there's also a lot of good races there. Um, uh, that's, that's high up there. I also want to do a race where I have a couple of RTS teammates and it feels like the real tri-squad energy is out there. And that sounds like kind of hooey, but I like, I hear, I've heard about like you and Jackson at clash Daytona were like, yeah, like we end up swimming together and thank God we did because we had the other person. And I don't think I can keep up with Lisa or Leslie on the swim. Um, but if they're out there on like on the track, uh, on the bike and on the run, like, I, I think I'm going to feel that. So, and if, and then I'm not sure where Tamara sits in, uh, with the swim, but anyway, just having like that, like real tri squad energy out there, like we're well, a race where most of us are all doing it. I think we have kind of taken that for granted having that for a few years. And, you know, personally, I know it's always kind of that where Jackson will, we used to ride and swim together. Then he'd pull away on the run or something like that. So knowing we could see where each other's were, how our day was going, but I didn't always just focus on me. I was always focusing on like, I know I'm doing everything I absolutely can just to be where I am, but how, how is my team is, is someone coming faster? You know, I, I think that's awesome that you, really picked up on that because i think most athletes still don't even on the team i think some we, we forget that sometimes um so really glad that we're able to provide something a little different and i think that ultimately like there's not a lot of team there are some teams out there but they don't in my opinion act like a team they just wear a logo because they're paid to wear that logo and with us i think we actually are pretty integrative into our other's lifestyles and personalities with the group chat all the time. So I think, mm -hmm. I just think we're doing something really different and, and kind of winding this down. I think that's why hearing your perspective on that makes the fit even better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not like, I probably like most people are like saying, I'm like, Oh, I can't keep up with like Lisa or Leslie. If I'm like in a draft. Yeah. I think if I like get right on feet, I think I could. Like just knowing me, me and Lisa have the same coach. So, okay. um, we're only like one or two lanes apart. So, but it just makes me all the hungrier to be like, yeah, if I can like support my teammate or if I can like get on some feet, it just makes me all the more hungry to like improve this thing. Some of mine. Yeah. Everyone has something, whether it's a swim for me, it's always been my run since no background ever. Never did fun cross country. I just mm. ran for chips and for fun um but we've all got something that we're going to work on no matter what and that's that even when you get it right i'm sure someone's like well i gotta lose i gotta lose half a pound now that's my i'm world champion now i gotta all i care about is weight you know random huh. things like that but that's it i think um we got a lot of good stuff coming we're gonna officially launch our promo video soon so you can see it on youtube we're gonna be creating a lot more good content um, featuring Nicole, make sure you follow her NMF005 on Instagram. And she may have other accounts listed that are secretive. I don't even know what's out there. <laughs> I haven't Googled you yet, but we'll, we'll get to that next. Yeah, you should Google me. You'll find like a, you'll, you'll, you can learn even more about me and my family. If you Google me and you find this like video that Bucknell did, that was a pretty good production quality. And, yeah. um, 
yeah, it's really cute. I look like a baby in it, but I still feel the same. I still like to watch it every time I see it again. Well, at least you got that. None of us, none of us have that. We only got bullshit random as they're going from someone else, some other pro we're like in the background or something. Um, but thanks for coming on. Um, good learning about you. Anything else? Parting words? Such a pleasure to be on the squad. Um, let's, I'm excited to see what other races we're going to do this year. What races are encouraged? Um, Cause yeah, I keep telling people, I'm like, San Anthony is probably Oceanside and then Oceanside for sure. I have no idea beyond that, but that kind of brings us, if I do Boulder, which is now in June, Boulder 70.3, that's one race I've done every year of my pro career. Um, then that will be June. And then that that's already the first half of the year. So yeah, we should talk quick. about, yeah. So we definitely got to firm up that Q3 and Q4 next year, but right. yeah, such a pleasure to be on the spot. I'm super pumped for camp. Obviously. <laughs> and um, i'll probably yeah probably try to we'll see if i can squeeze in a little work i i don't know you you might be able to witness how i how i live day to yeah, day this will be interesting for sure see how clean you are because that's the biggest thing i have a problem with is cleanliness i did see the the videos where you look at jackson's tornado in the room yeah terrible. <laughs> everything is sticky all right. Well, on that bombshell, we should end. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Peace. Out. I got ish to do. Flying through the sky in my parachute. Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise on a one-man mission trying to see it.